Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. everybody. Good day and welcome to our weekly morning impact call. We are here and we come together to share tips and solutions and best practices to live a full and amazing life. A great life is not just for other people. It's for everybody. It's not just for the wealthy or just for the smart. Living a great life is for everybody. Just think about the woman in Britain. I can't think of her name right now. I can't believe it. The one who's the singer. Oh, my goodness. My mind just drew a blank. It'll come to me before the end of uh end of this end of this lesson. Everyone's saying she needs a makeover, she needs no she doesn't. We are great and perfect just the way we are and an amazing life is always within our reach. It's your destiny to live a great life and and trust me, I was on the brink of suicide and horrible things more than once and and I'm not sharing stuff that I read in a book and I say this all the time or stuff that I saw on Oprah. I'm sharing with you what I know, what I've lived and what I've personally and professionally worked through, life can be great, God is good, and a great life is certainly within your reach. So thank you so much for listening in to this morning's call. I am your facilitator, Saida Brown, and I'm also the founder of Impact Coaching here in the New York City area. And it's my desire to successfully use technology so that we are no longer bound by time, space or geographic location. I want to make sure that, and because of technology, we're able to connect with people around the globe. I actually have people from London and and across the waters actually listen in on these lessons, so I'm very honored that, that you all trust me every single time that we come together to bring you information that really creates a profound and lasting change in the lives of others. Um, Today, our lesson is about mentally working your way through unemployment. Right now, it's a very tough time for those who uh, just don't have a job. It's, It's tough mentally fighting with unemployment, getting those extensions. And I know many people right now who are really working their way through it, and I I will share later on in this lesson just some of the things that I've heard. I overheard this conversation on a train the other day, just a lot of information to help um, share with all of you ways to work through this challenge. It's not as difficult as it seems. Nothing is ever as uh, desperate or overwhelming as it seems at that moment. And I say that as a person who's been in muck and mire over my head and said, oh, my God, I cannot make it another day. And you know what? I'm still here. So there is a way to work through challenges in your life. And you know what? Unemployment is definitely a challenge right now. It's not pretty and it's not pleasant. But there is a way to work through it. And hopefully the information that I share with you this morning, you will be able to work your way through it. What at one time might have been, you know, an unusual story is becoming far from uncommon in America. Either way, we've lost jobs, we're worried about being laid off, or know someone, maybe even a family member who's going through some tough times. And you know something? Let's face it. These are very tough and difficult times. I just read on a very popular political blog that Timothy Geithner says, we, this is far from over. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, you know, just a little longer, just a little longer. And you have people in our political administration saying, you know what, it's not over, we still have a ways to go. So it's really just something for us to kind of learn to deal with. And because of globalization, because of technology, because of the economy, we're really forced to rethink how we do so many things. So, you know, just know that I'm here, I'm your advocate, I'm your friend, and I'm totally dedicated to your success. The life that I live is amazing now, and it's because I've really adopted a few ways to just help me learn and grow and develop and be a better side. And when I 
when I learned to become a better spy and I learned to really pay it forward and help other people, my life just has gotten better and better every single day. Um, just a, a couple of quick um, notes I'd like to mention before we get into further into our lesson. For those that are listening to this lesson live, if at some point you have a question, please hit the number one on your keypad, and I'll pick up your line in the same order that it's placed in queue. And as we get moving, please accept my invitation to follow me on Twitter. It's a great way to stay connected, and I send out tweets periodically about projects that I'm working on, really good tips and really good ways to kind of help you uh, live the best life you can. So follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Life Remix. I was going to say side Brown, but I changed it to Life Remix. So follow me, twitter.com forward slash Life Remix. And uh, if you can, I just recommend you grab a pen and a sheet of paper because I know without a shadow of doubt you're going to learn something new here today. So thank you so much for the time that you've taken out of your busy schedule to listen on and, and share, hopefully share with other people how to mentally work your way through unemployment. Many of you listening today have personally experienced losing a job. I have been uh, self-employed for many, many years, but just the other day when I was on the train, I, I, I live in North Jersey, and I overheard two women talking. And one shared that as she and her coworkers sat down to start their day, a few of them couldn't access their computer. So they restarted the computer, and it still didn't work. And we all know what it's like. You want to sit down, you want to start your day, and just do what you have to do. So they went for coffee, and they tossed it up to, you know, probably IT is doing something with the computers. Who knows? And just as one of her coworkers sat down from, you know, just letting the computer sit a minute, maybe 15, 20 minutes later, who knows, someone from HR came over to her desk and said, can you come with me? She didn't think anything of it, you know, just, okay, maybe something with the computer. She didn't realize what it was. She just knew someone walked over to her desk and said, come with me, so maybe they were going to tinker with her computer. She just wasn't sure. And shortly after, as the coworker walked back to her desk, she was escorted by security, and she was given 20 minutes to clear her area and leave the building. The same process as I overheard the conversation was repeated a few times that morning. And I thought to myself, what a way to start the day. That, how horrible is that to go to work, you want to go to work, you want to start your day, but you don't even know if you're the next person who's going to be called by HR, and you don't even know the exact reason why. I think the most challenging piece, as, as I understand it, from being unemployed or, or just losing your job is that a lot of these companies, their profit margins may not be where the company wants them to be or their profit margins may not be right. How horrible is that because your financial projections fell short of what you think they should be. Now I have to be penalized. All I want to do is come here and do a good job. Let me tell you, as a life coach, I'm dealing with several clients who've been, in effect, walked out of the building. And it's, it's happened so much so that I created this lesson to really offer ways to work through this situation. Not only can it be degrading, but it can also become debilitating mentally, knowing that you have this overwhelming sense of rejection that's now being woven into the fabric of your being through no fault of your own. And so that's why I think we really need to come together and, and work our way through this and know that there's nothing wrong with you. I'm here to tell you live and in living color, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you at all. It's just something that's happening in your life. It's a challenge that you need to work through. And hopefully as we talk through this lesson and as I share information that, that I've used to help other people get through this challenging time, it will make you feel better and really, really help you on your way. My very first suggestion, I just have a couple, but they're, they're, they're very strong nuggets. But I, here's my very first suggestion. To anyone who has found themselves without a job through no fault of their own, stop looking for a job and look for ways to work. My number one piece of advice is to think beyond quote unquote job and know 
that your survival is contingent upon having multiple streams of income. Don't think, quote, going to work. Think, quote, I am working. There is a huge difference between the two. I don't go to work, a job per se, but I work every single day in every sense of the word. It's really my personal desire, Saida, me as a person, to create multiple streams of income just for the sustainability of my family, just to maintain my family and just to maintain a particular lifestyle. That's really what it's about for me, and it's work. This is a tough time for someone like my grandmother to, to comprehend. You know, my grandmother, God bless her, will be 88 years old in about two weeks. And for her, it's a little difficult. You know, she understands the depression and she understands saving. But let me, let me just give you a quick example. Sometimes she'll call me at a time that's not good for me to talk. And she'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were at work. And, you know, it'll be during the day. And I'll tell her, no, Grandma, I'm not at work but I can't talk right now because I'm working. And all she hears is, I'm not at work. So she keeps on talking. And it's not that she's being rude, but she doesn't get the fact that I don't, quote, go to work. Like, do you see the difference? Please, 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 if I could say it 50 times without taking an hour, please, 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 if you do nothing else after you've completed this lesson, please do this one thing for me, please. Look for ways to enjoy multiple streams of income, either through multiple jobs or a job and a side hustle or two or three. Do something because your financial future totally, totally depends on it. A friend of mine sells T-shirts up in Harlem on 125th Street. He got laid off, and he just started. He bought some T-shirts and ironed on some Obama, like, um, I guess, logos or designs. And he started small, and it grew and grew and grew. And I don't want to give, you know, his revenue. I don't actually know his revenue, but last Saturday I was in Harlem, and he was doing very, very well. So now he's almost to the point where he's contemplating not even looking for work because he can make in one day, I'm guessing, five, $600, maybe more. You figure T-shirts, 10 or $15. You sell 10 T-shirts. So 20 T-shirts, sell 30 T-shirts, which is not difficult, especially with President Obama on the front, and, and, and all different likenesses in the first family, you're already at three, $400 a day. Some people making $10 an hour, $9 an hour, nine times four, that's $360 a week. $9 an hour times 40 hours, nine and nine is 18, that's 360 bucks a week before taxes. So it's very viable. Side hustles are very, very viable. And too many times we blow people's side hustle off as, oh, you know, they got some business going or, you know, they, they just trying to cook dinners. So what? 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 You have to create multiple streams of income. That's just me standing on a soapbox for a moment. I just really <clears> – <throat> can't impress upon you enough that your way to defeat and your way to fight off what you're going through right now is to know in your mind, I work, but I don't necessarily need to go to a job. That is critically, critically, critically important. You know, it's, it's really important for you to find a quiet place. It's important to sit somewhere quiet, take a deep breath, and just relax. Remember I said it's not you. More likely than not, you're in this situation because corp through corporate greed, and yes, I will say corporate greed because a lot of it, that's what it is. These corporations' earnings are falling short of their expectations. I hear it time and time and time again. Their earnings fell short of expectations. Well, you know something? If you expect to make $100 billion and you only expect to make $90 billion, you're $10 billion short not even looking at how big $90 billion really is. And, of course, these numbers are slightly exaggerated. However, you need to find a quiet place to just relax, take a deep breath, and know that there's nothing going on in this life that you can't sit for 30 minutes quietly. Turn off your pager, turn off your phone, turn off the computer, and relax. Stress will kill you. 
Do you not see how many people are committing suicide? Just this week, just this week, I saw in the news the CFO of Freddie Mac uh, committed suicide. Just the other day, this gentleman by the last name, I believe his last name is Parenti, killed his family, 19-year-old daughter, 11-year-old daughter, wife, and then killed himself, and their bodies were found in the hotel. He's under, he was under, allegedly under investigation for, uh, for some type of tax finagling. I don't know what the exact language is, so I don't want to go on the record blatantly saying what it was. But people are killing themselves because they have no money, because they've created this fabricated lifestyle, and they cannot maintain it. If you don't find a quiet place where you can be alone and take a deep breath, send the kids out of the room, tell everybody to go kick rocks, you will not be able to function. Find the quiet place. For me, that quiet place takes place very early in the morning, very early. If I'm not up by 5.30 in the morning, I start to like, <gasps> you know, because I get up early. That's my time when it's typically still dark. My family is asleep, and I can actually think. I got this big chair from the thrift store. It's this, I mean, it's almost like the size of a, a love seat, but this big old comfy chair that um, I'm in the process of refurbishing. I curl up in this chair in the morning with this big old square pillow that uh, I got on sale, Martha Stewart's micro suede pillow, and just curl up in my chair with a cup of coffee in the morning, and that's my quiet time. And even if you don't have a big comfy chair, you have to find your place, your quiet place where God can speak to you and your intuition can kick in to help you get through your day. So I really, really encourage you to find a quiet place because a lot of times if we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, going, you can't even get an intuitive thought in edgewise because you're constantly going. In order for your gut and your instinct to kick in, you need to be in a relatively quiet place. I strongly, strongly encourage it. Plus, it'll get your mind right. Now you're alone, right? Make a list of all of the good things that are going on in your life. Write things that you're thankful for. Keep a diary. Keep a journal. Perhaps you have good family, a nice home, you have your health. Let me tell you, part of my depression came from the fact that I couldn't see the world beyond my nose. All I saw was what was at the tip of my nose. My son is giving me problems. You know, my business is failing. I can't do, I can't do, I can't do. And you know what my husband did? God bless him. In my home office in my last house, he took all of my awards and certificates and plastered them all across the walls. The awards, the certificates, the newspaper clippings, and when I walked into my office, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I didn't realize I had actually accomplished so much. I just didn't even realize it. He put my kids, you know, perfect attendance, my kids' honor roll, you know, banners, and my my children's school when they were younger, they had this program called Student of the Day. And so... Each class had a student of the day. He put all their student of the day stuff on the wall, and you know something? I realized I have a lot to be thankful for. I mean truly, truly thankful for. I don't know how many of you um, follow up with local stories, but I can tell you just recently in Jersey City, New Jersey, this 17-year-old kid got his blown brains blown out onto the sidewalk, stepped from a school in a park at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The person who is accused of shooting him is 18 years old. So now I look back and my son, who's 19, just took a year off and didn't want to start college for a year when he graduated high school, and I'm angry at him. No way. When you look around you, peruse your surroundings. Look around. Get a gist of what's happening around you, and all of a sudden, you will see and find out you're not that bad off. It may look really sucky, but once you look past your nose, you know what? There's always, always, always help out there. But you've got to start paying it forward. You know something? If you pay it forward and help other people, I guarantee you, it's happened to me, I guarantee there will be people to come to your aid with a snap of a finger. 
But you have to understand. You have to understand what you need to be thankful for. It could be something as simple as, you know, the, the, the dog next door didn't bark as loudly and you were able to fall asleep earlier. Or you know something, you rolled up out of bed this morning and your back did not hurt you as much as it hurt yesterday. Or you know something, that sharp pain that you had up your leg the other day is gone. Little, little, little things. It's a little harder to find light and darkness when times are tough, but in order to reach your full potential, you have to find a way to look up and be positive. And the good way to do it is to start with your thankful your thankfulness list. You have to start somewhere. Something has to be the catalyst. And, you know, something, not having a job and waking up and not having a specific place to go may be very painful. But you know what? Use this as a time to go to the library, to take a walk in the park. I know it probably sounds very esoteric and very pie in the sky and very, you know, glass is always half full and not empty, but the success or failure of your life, your personal life, and your professional career is very much dependent on your ability to see past your nose. You have to realize that this is not the end. Times are hard, absolutely. But as Americans, you know something? And I'm black. You know, black people and Jewish people always say we had it the worst. We are very resourceful people. We are made of good, solid stock. And you know something? I believe we're pretty smart people. Realize that you're going to get through this tough time. You know what? Something that helped me one time was listening to Joyce Meyer. You know, I listen to a couple of television preachers or Bible teachers, whatever you want to call them. But Joyce Meyer, I happen to dig her because she's really practical. One morning, I heard her say, you're just going through. You're just going through through, in good and in bad times. And you know what? That perspective makes me enjoy the good times even more because I understand I'm just going through experiences. I am a spiritual being mastering a human fleshly experience. So good, bad, or indifferent, I'm just going through. So just as I'm going through bad times, I'm going to go through good times. But just as I'm going through those good times, I enjoy them to the max because bad times are surely going to come. I remember when I was taking yoga and Pilates, my teacher, wonderful woman from New York City, she said, you know something? Don't get stuck. So I always remember, don't get stuck, I'm just going through. Don't get stuck, I'm just going through. And what this shows me is how we get little nuggets of wisdom on how to live an amazing life through all times of our day. Who would have thunk? <laughs> how do they say in church, bad grammar but good preaching. Who would have thunk that I can partner what I got, a, a little nugget of wisdom from my yoga teacher with something from Joyce Meyer? Don't get stuck, you're just going through. Don't get stuck, you're just going through. That's because God is winking and whispering little stuff to us all day long. And God speaks through other people. We have to listen. You can learn a lot from a dummy, from somebody homeless, from a child. Just realize this isn't the end. Think of it this way. <clears throat> listen to this. Sometimes the best way to find a solution to the problem is to turn the situation around. Just follow me for a second. Think of your problem as a shirt. I know it's, it's kind of weird to think of it this way, but think of your problem as a plain old white cotton t-shirt, and you always put it on inside out and upside down, tag in the front. Well, now picture yourself putting it on the right way. When you approach your problem from a different angle, you will be totally, totally amazed at the solutions that you are intuitively able to come up with to help you live a better and different life. I'll share with you, as a coach, just as a coach, my goal as a coach is to not tell anybody what to do. That's, that's, that's not really how I get down. As a coach, my focus is on guiding you to find your own unique answers. I support you in strategizing solutions, choosing the right direction, building your personal skills, raising your awareness, it, it, I don't spend time in the past, and neither can you. That's why the past is behind you. You learn from it and you move on. 
You learn from it, and then you totally move on. You cannot stay stuck there. Trust me, it will not work, and you'll never make any progress. You know, uh, uh, even with the T-shirt analogy, you have to see troubles in your life as challenges. Challenges are what makes us better people. You know something? Pain and challenges is a gift that nobody wants. If it came, if your pain and if your challenge came gift-wrapped in a bow at your doorstep on your birthday, you'd say, you know what, I welcome it. But it doesn't. It's still a gift. Your pain and your struggles are still a gift, but it's a gift that nobody wants, but we want to enjoy it after the wrap is taken off. You can't have it both ways. You just can't have it both ways. You know something? It is going to make you a better person every single time. There's no way anybody within the earshot of my voice can tell me that they've gone through something and they were not a better person on the other side. I just won't believe it. I'm sorry, I won't. I tell everybody I come across with, every time I thought, you know what, I want to check out, I learned that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. I want to live. I welcome challenges. I want to fight them, and I want to kick them in the tail, and I want to live a good life, and I want to learn from them. You know something? It's easy to take the route of complaining, talking badly, blaming everybody for what happens to us. But you know what? If gas was cheaper, if food was cheaper, if our kids weren't acting up, there would be something else. It's never going to be easy, and you have to stay fully engaged in life. Don't retreat. Do not retreat. Do not, do not, do not retreat. You have to stay fully engaged in life so that you can learn from it and move on. I have to think of it this way. If you'll begin to believe in the possibility of a solution, then who can be against you? I strongly encourage prayer. I, I don't know what everybody's religious belief is. Out, you know, those that listen to my lessons, they're very metaphysical. Some may or may not line up directly with your belief of how you view Christianity or Buddhism or Taoism. But let me tell you one thing. If you pray and read and speak to get yourself out of the negative thinking bug, which only serves to bring you down and defeat you, you will come out victorious on the other end. And I don't care what Bible or what book of wisdom you read. That's a universal principle. I am a big believer in universal laws and universal principles. And once you look upward and outward, and you'll find a better way, and that's how you get to victory. Don't forget, pain and challenge is a struggle is a gift that nobody wants. Accept that gift because all it's going to do is make you a better person on the other side. Even if you look at it from a socioeconomic perspective, these hardships throughout our American history are what have caused us to move to be better and better and higher people. Think of it. Look at the automobile industry. Right now, everyone's venting, oh, I just heard this morning Pontiac may go out. Of, well, actually, I just heard this morning confirmed they are discontinuing the Pontiac brand. I have no feeling either way about that decision by GM, none. But you know something? When GM emerges from this, they are going to be the leanest, sleekest, and meanest automobile maker in this country. Trust me, because they are having the courage to prune. We all know. When you prune, it gets better. I mean, I've got very long hair. And I would say, oh, don't cut your hair, don't cut your hair. You know something? I have to cut my hair in order for it to grow longer and healthier. And all GM is doing right now is pruning. And you have to do the exact same thing in your life. We are, we are all more than conquerors, and we will definitely succeed. But you know something? If we don't tackle these challenges and take pain and challenges as a gift from God to get us through and make us better people, we're already defeated and we're already speaking self-defeating language. we got to get rid of it. We have to be positive. We have to be motivated. And you know what? You need to do whatever you need to do to keep you positive and keep you energized and keep you motivated. Let me tell you, Starbucks, my daily cup of Starbucks, you, you all know I had a big, beautiful office in New York City, and had to let it go. I couldn't renew my lease last summer because I just couldn't afford it. I bought Starbucks every single day. <clears throat> and when money started getting really tight, I started drinking coffee. So they have these little wagons all over, over New York City, like these carts. 
and they sell coffee for like 50 cents or 75 cents, and the cups are pretty small. For anybody that watches Law & Order, they're the little blue and white cups. Everybody knows those cups. So I now went from spending 4 bucks a day on coffee to 50 cents, a tremendous savings. Then I closed my office and started working from home. Now, some mornings I would wake up very unmotivated, very defeated. I just went through a very painful time in my career. I was slowly starting to emerge. And you know what I would do? Get in my car, drive to my closest Starbucks, and buy a tall or venti or grande coffee with the works. Sometimes it would cost me six bucks, five dollars and change. You're only giving you pennies back from six bucks. But you know something? I needed to do what I needed to do to get me motivated and to get me on my way. Now, some would say that's very irresponsible financially, but you know something? Sometimes you need to do what you have to do, and nobody else can dictate that. Nobody else can tell you what you need to do to get you motivated and to put you in that positive space. For me, it was treating me to a cup of Starbucks. That's what it was. Everybody is very, 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 very different. I just want to interject very quickly. Mr. Walker, I see you have joined us in the chat room. Actually, we have a special guest who I will bring in in a few minutes. Um, Stephen Walker is a very dear friend of mine, and I just, I'm not even going to go into what he's going to talk about, but he has a wonderful testimony. Mr. Walker, I'll bring you in in about five minutes, my brother. Um, let me just get back. I did see him in the chat room. just want to go back to uh, how you can positively influence your own life. You need to do what works for you, the best way it works for you. And for me, it was an occasional, wasn't an everyday thing, but for those mornings where I was feeling really glum and I said, oh, woe is me, I went and I treated myself to a cup of Starbucks. Now, hopefully, you know, people don't resort to drugs and alcohol because that's definitely not the way to go. Caffeine addiction is not much better, but let me tell you, that's what I needed to get me out of my bed and to get me on my way. And you know what? That's totally out the box. Totally. People would look at me like I was absurd if I told them two to three times a week I went back to buying expensive coffee. But you know what? It was an important step for me. Many times we think we can only do what we can do and we're limited. No way, Jose. If you're an administrative assistant and, you, and, and the, the attorney has let you go and you think all you know how to do is type or you've always been an executive with an advertising firm, whatever your lot is in life, you know, when the chips are down, okay, woe is me, that's what I have to look for. We all have so many organic skills and traits. And for me, thinking out of the box to get me motivated was my coffee. But you know something? For you, the person who may be looking for a job right now, you have to do what works best for you. I can't mandate or dictate what that is. I can't even tell you what that is. You have to do what we talked about at the top of this lesson. Get into that quiet place so you can hear intuitively what you're supposed to do. Be quiet. Shut your trap. Stop babbling. Stop wallowing and listen for God's instruction. He's going to tell you what, what you have to do. But you know what? We have to be poised and positioned to receive it. And that is real, real talk. We have so many transferable skills. I just want to share something before I bring Mr. Walker in. <clears throat> for so many years, I said, you know, I just want to write books. I just want to write books and I just want to, you know, help people through my books. I didn't even know a whole coaching practice was going to be developed from me writing books. It's now this whole idea of what I do has now taken on a new life. And you know something? I'm sure there's something you did at your last job that can transfer into another industry. I don't know what it is because I don't know what it, what it, is, that you, what it is that you do. I don't have access to that information. But whatever skill you have, I'm sure if you dig deep, there are many, many, many other transferable skills that you can transfer into another industry. Look, at, there's so many green jobs coming right now, so, so many. Just like if you've been an admin for an attorney, you know what? You can go be an admin for, an, for a, 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 a nonprofit. 
or if you've always been in the nonprofit sector, you can now transfer that to work some, in, in some type of green or energy or solar company. Don't let your past dictate your future to the point where you have confined yourself or you've limited yourself to what you've done in the past. Take what you've done in the past and build on it. There's nothing to be shameful in an honest day's work. My son works at a fast food restaurant, and he hates it. He's 19 years old. I hate wearing this hat. I hate wearing this shirt. And I said, you know something? You're getting a paycheck every week. There is nothing shameful in an honest day's work. Keep an attitude about what you can learn from every situation. And you know something? Economic times won't last, but tough people and faith-based and spiritually grounded people will. Learn as much as you can. Find a mentor. Maybe you'll learn enough about a fast food chain someday to, to own his own. I don't know if my son aspires to ever own a fast food chain. I have no idea. But for right now, I tell him anything can happen. I tell him to see it as an opportunity for growth. Being poor teaches us how to stretch a dollar. Start a blog about stretching a dollar. Throw up some Google AdSense ads. Before you know it, you'll be making money in your sleep. Buying gas keeps us from getting that expensive $4 coffee or bottled water. But you know something? If you continue to deprive yourself of what you need to go forward, you need to, you'll, you'll become reclusive and you won't be able to move on. Ask any senior citizen who's lived through the Depression. Many of them are quite wealthy. I was just telling you about my grandmother. She's going to be 88 in two weeks. God bless this woman. I love her. She has helped make me who I am. But you know why? Because she learned to live without. She has been through hard economic times, and she has learned to stretch a dollar. My grandmother can stretch a dollar. Getting more, 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 more isn't always the answer. And you know what? Sometimes living without can give us the greatest lessons that we'll ever learn. Trust me, this stuff works. Right now, I'd like to bring in um, a friend of mine. His name is Mr. Stephen Walker, and he and I met, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> virtually a few years ago, and he worked for a very prominent radio station, and he and I reconnected shortly thereafter. And he said, Saidi, you know, I no longer work with this company. So I sent him a reminder of this lesson as it was going to be recorded live, and he shot back. Praise God, I now have a job. And I asked him if he could be so kind as to join us on the call this morning for this lesson to just share very briefly what got him through. And so I, I would like to proudly welcome Mr. Stephen Walker into this lesson. Mr. Walker, are you with us? Yes, good morning. How are you? I am well. I thank you for your obedience, and I thank you for your willingness to come on this lesson at such a very short notice. But when you sent me that text message back that you had a job, you know I was jumping out of my skin because okay. it, it's really about maintaining our faith and maintaining our focus during this time. So please, the floor is yours. You have a perfect opportunity right now. Can you just please share your testimony? Because I have a lot of people that follow me that are not working right now. And sometimes they get to be where they're at wit's end. So to hear it from someone who went through that and is now on the other side, your testimony right now is invaluable. The floor is yours, my brother. Well, thank you so much. Good morning, Life Remix Radio family. I'm, I'm so thankful to be here on the line and be able to just share a little bit about my story. Um, as I just said, you know, I, I was the general sales manager for uh, a large Christian FM station here in North Carolina and, um, you know, really living re really living the life. I mean, I have a big, beautiful house and uh, driving a Chrysler 300. My wife has a Pacifica. We have two kids and a dog. It's the American dream. And um, that dream was kind of shattered a little bit back in August when uh, Radio 1, due to the economy, had some setbacks and uh, had to start downsizing. They released probably about, well, well over 100 uh, people, and I was a part of the first group that got uh, laid off. Um, even though I did get a severance package, it went away. You know, that, that type of thing doesn't last long. And uh, from August, literally from August to um, March, from August to March, I, I didn't have a job. And um, and I just want to kind of go through um, a little bit of what the, the revelation that I got through that time and 
and hopefully something I can share with you will help you get to where you are. Um, you know, one thing that I came to learn is that unemployment is um, the type of situation that comes that really challenges you. It asks you a question. And the question that I found that I continually ask myself is, who am I? You know, not not who do I think I am, but really, who am I? Because quite often we define ourselves by our jobs, by our income. My wife and I are a very young couple, um, and we made over six figures and went through a lot of money. Um, but in this time, we found that our bank account went into the red, and uh, we were owing the bank money, bouncing checks, and just wondering what was going to happen next. Um, but I, I was humbled by the experience of going through unemployment, and really this is the first time in my life, um, I'm 38 now, that uh, I actually have felt the, the pressure of unemployment, having a wife and kids, and my wife works, you know, at night nighttime, and she had the, the burden of bringing in the income for the family, and so... I really had to search within myself and, and kind of redefine and like uh, PDJ said, reposition myself for where I was going. It actually made me kind of just assess, you know, where I was mentally, you know, where I was physically and financially. You know, mentally I, I felt, you know, even though I have attained a lot in my life at such a young age, um, I felt like I was a loser. I felt like I had somehow lost grip of uh, my destiny, that uh, my ship no longer had a sail. I was just kind of drifting in. And it's a, it's a dangerous place to be because it's in that place that the enemy comes. You know, I'm a Christian, and, you know, you had asked the question, you know, what got you through? God absolutely got me through. Um, when when I lost everything, when I had nothing to hold on to, I realized that God was always there for me. And even though my confidence was in my job and in my position, in my reputation, uh, in my influence, those things, when they were taken away, really just kind of changed me, and it, it broke me. You know, sometimes we have a... Um, a hard heart, and we start saying, you know, you know, God, why are you doing these things to me? And you try to get to a place where, you know, you can get some understanding. And sometimes friends and family, they don't have an answer. And God designed it, I believe, that way so that we could come home to him and ask him that question. So um, so I just want to kind of take you through the steps that happened with me. The first thing that happened was, um, and this is not going to be a Bible lesson, but I did learn some lessons through uh, God's word. But um, in Deuteronomy, um, God just really showed me that um, in chapter 8, if you look at starting at verse 2, um, God actually took the children of Egypt out and they were in the wilderness and they were complaining and wondering, you know, what was happening with them. And it's kind of the same thing as being, you know, unemployed or sent to a place where you don't mm-hmm. have any assurance of where you're going. Um, and, and starting at verse 2, it says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, mm-hmm. humbling, and humbling you and testing you. And I felt that. I was like, Lord, why why, why does this happen to me? I'm a Christian. I teach uh, marriage Bible classes at Crossroads Fellowship here in North Carolina. I love people, all people, not just, you know, those who call themselves Christians, but everyone in the world because God loves the world. You know, I have friends that are sinners just like I have Christians that are sinners, you know, that are friends. So, you know, I felt like, you know, why, why have I been singled out here? Because, you know, I'm serving you. And I'm not perfect. You know, I'm, I struggle with my, my own issues like everyone else, and I felt like God was um, certainly humbling me and allowing me to be tested. And when he took me to the Scripture, it gave me such peace to know that right in that verse when it says that God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you, and I was asking him, why are you doing this? And the Scripture says to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would, or that you would really obey his commands. And I realized right there, God already knows who I am, but he wanted me to know who I am. Mm. That's one of the challenges we have is we put up this facade of saying, you know, I'm a you know, general sales manager, I'm a father, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. husband, and I'm all this stuff. But, no, those are the things that you are by the choices you made with other people and other things outside of you. But who you are is on the inside. It's those things that are your motives. What are your motives? You know, what is it, your ambitions? What are the things you're, why are you doing the things you're doing? You know, what are the root causes? And so through this season, God really showed me how selfish and how selfishly motivated I have become. Wow. You know, all, all of these things happen in my life because of God's grace and mercy alone. And when I got those things, I kind of forgot the God that gave it to me. Even though I was going to church and I was teaching Bible class and I was loving my wife and I was being a God example to my children, I still wasn't being real with myself. And I found that when when everyone was gone, my kids are at school, my wife is, you know, she sleeps because she worked all night. When I, I would be alone here in my office and I would sit and go think to myself, okay, what am I going to do? You know, 
you know, am I going to go get a job at McDonald's? You know, mm-hmm. here I am making, you know, over $80,000. Am I now going to go get a, a job at McDonald's, or what am I going to do? And mm-hmm. the real answer is you do whatever you have to do to survive for your family. It's mm-hmm. not about where you're going to go to get a job. It's, it's about going to get one. It's about going to get some money. And so that's what I had to really deal with is mentally, you know, getting my brain back in check and getting locked and not being having a pity party because that right there will hurt you more than help you in this season. The second thing was physically. I started walking and clearing my mind, and that helped me right at the first Amen. part. Amen. Really you just did that. Yeah, yeah, where I just started challenging myself to, to just, you know, having better health. I stopped eating ice cream all the time, these emotional-driven foods. I didn't let go of my peanut M&Ms because that's my medicine. I got to have that. <laughs> well, I go crazy, but um, I did that. And then financially, you know, my wife, and, and kudos to my wife. I mean, she's a beautiful woman of God. And, you know, she's not the best at finances, but she's better than I am. And um, she's always handled the finances and talking to the bill collectors. And I realized something about that, that as a husband, I did her a disservice by setting her out on her own to handle finances because when we went into this transition, you know, we got more calls, and those calls weren't nice. They were hostile. And she was, you know, trying to handle it, trying to make payment arrangements and making all these things happen. And, you know, with a seriously decreased income, that's a lot of pressure for a woman, you know, mm-hmm. and I had to step up in a couple of instances. I had to call these people and talk to them, and I realized that I have more resilience when it comes to bill collectors because, you know what, if I don't have the money, you're not getting paid. Right. So you can call all you want, you know, and I was able to deal like that and then talk to some of them, you know, rationally and, and try to come up with some situations to work out payments, but it kind of relieved some stress off of her for a little bit. Um, but we became one in that, and I think that's the beauty of this uh this transition is that God showed me that when we suffered lack, when we went through this, when we went through unemployment, my wife and I actually grew closer together than further apart. And and that blew my mind. I mean, intimacy was more. We had more intimacy. We had more conversations. I was closer to my children. It it made me return home. And and I think sometimes we don't value. Now that I'm through it, I call it my vacation time. <laughs> Sometimes we don't value the situations that God allows us to get into. And so in doing that, we miss the blessing of being there. It's like going on a vacation and closing your eyes and going through and you hear everything, but when you get home, you open your eyes and you don't remember a thing because you didn't see it. you got to open your eyes in this time and realize the value of everything around you. It's going to make you a better person like you were saying earlier. It's going to make you a better person for it. Um, and it also made me look at my giftings. It made me go, okay, mm-hmm. all right? talk about how am I going to make some money? What do I do? What do I enjoy doing? What can I do to make income? You know, I got a lawnmower. I can cut grass, mm-hmm. okay? I'm a graphic designer by, by um, skill set. That's my forte. I just love mm-hmm. designing. So I said, you know what, let me let me just do that. And so I started, I created some business cards, went to Vista Print, got some cards printed up, for you know, for free and got them to send it to me just for the cost of shipping and handling. And uh, just started doing that. And before I knew it, I'm designing logos and corporate identity packages and creating things for people that on a national scale. For Dr. Tony Evans, uh, created a, a school package for him for the Adopt School program. And just, you know, people started people started spreading my name abroad. And I started getting business to come in. Now, was I making, you know, five ten thousand $10,000 a month? No, but I was making enough to pay for gas and every now and then to buy some groceries and enough to, to get us by and get us through. The other thing that I really want to encourage you to do that I found out too late was when you when as soon as you get unemployed, you need to go right down to the unemployment office and file and go across the street for us here in Raleigh. Across the street was a place you can get food assistance. And when I walked up in there, the lady said, man, you just missed it. And I was like, what do you mean? She said, because you picked up this part-time job where you're making extra money, your income is too much now for you to get food assistance. And I would have got like maybe $300, $400 a month in groceries for free. Wow. I didn't know that. You know, and so I really want to encourage you to not only go to the unemployment office and do that, which is a blessing, because, you know, that was bringing in about $400 a month, $400 plus a month, I mean, a week. And um, that, that carried us over a little bit. Um, but then also um, go and look for the food assistance programs. And don't be ashamed. I mean, the worst thing you can have in these times is pride, because pride comes before the fall. And it's not just mm-hmm. you're going you're to cause your whole family to fall. Your wife is going to hurt more. Your children are going to hurt more just because of your pride. Get down to that unemployment office, take that paperwork, do it, fill it out, and then also look for a food assistant. Don't be ashamed to ask churches where do you go. 
to get discounted food packages. There's a lot of programs that do that. For 30 bucks, you get a whole box full of food and with meat and all of that. So don't don't be ashamed to do that. Um, but anyway, my giftings. Um, I started working on graphics. I created a website. Um, it's I'm with WWE. Uh, dot com and um, and that's my graphics website and started sending like emails out to my friends help me you know promote this and and they were sending it to their friends and I started getting some calls from that um, and so you just got to kind of get out there and, and and look at what's inside of you what kind of giftings do you have if you love uh, working out well why don't you become a personal trainer you know mm-hmm. then you know there's a bunch of people who are overweight that um, actually would pay for personal training because. They pay for gyms, but they don't go. A personal trainer mm-hmm. comes. A personal trainer will come into your house and um, help you. So anyway, just you know, you got to kind of look at that. And if you don't really know, go to somebody that's a leader in your life, somebody that is a mentor, and ask them, "What do you see in me? You know, what things can I do that you see I can do that I may not see myself?" Um, and and have them kind of stretch you and push you. Um, how how are we looking on time? So I don't want to. Um, we're down to nine minutes. Okay. Um, and um, and also what happened with me, it, it brought me to a place, being unemployed, it brought me to a place of Thanksgiving. And that might may sound kind of corny and cliche, but you know what? It's the truth. Thankfulness is what that child who has no food feels when you give them a loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. That's thankfulness. Thankfulness is what happens to that mother whose child was abducted and they find him alive and they bring mm-hmm. him home that child. That's thankfulness. It's not this old somebody give you something, you go, oh, thank you. That's not thankfulness. That's gratitude. It's a little bit different. Yep. This is valuing your life because you know what? When it's all said and done, that's all you got is your life. And nothing is worth you losing your life. So there's some choices that you're going to have to make and you're going to have to remember that being thankfulness is something that will help you get through this time. That means that when we got into this transition, I knew there were going to be, it's going to be some purging, some cutting away, some pruning. And the first thing that went was my my most prized possession, my beautiful silver Chrysler 300 with the Bentley grill on it and the sunroof and <laughs> stuff. So I used to drive that thing. I felt like a king. They came into my neighborhood, the tow truck, a big old red Sa- Fred Sanford looking. Oh my pickup. gosh! It was so embarrassing. The kids. It happened on the day when oh, my son was wow. His friends and they saw this ugly red truck. And he came and hooked up my car and took the tags off, and they saw my car leaving the neighborhood. Oh, my God. In the street like that. Me and my kids. Oh. That was good. Why? If you say, I want to gain muscle mass, I, I want to be a bodybuilder, you're not going to do that lifting 10 pounds of weight. You got to have 100 plus pounds on you so you can push that thing and push that thing. And that's that was one of them times of just working out in the spirit for me. Am wow. I going to be Am I going to be prideful or am I going to let that break me enough to go, you know what, it's okay. I don't care if my neighbor saw that, and I ain't saying that to be, you know, crass or nothing. I'm saying let them see it because they're going to see me rise from this place. Wow. That song that came out a long time ago, Lord, if you can use anything, use me. You know, people say that, but they don't know what they're saying. God's saying, okay, Stephen, I'm going to use you. Let me use you because there's so many people who are hurting, so many people who are going through the same thing, especially right here in Raleigh. Of course, all across the nation, but we're in the research triangle part with technology mm-hmm. and a lot of that stuff is just breaking and folk getting fired by the thousands here. So mm-hmm. God is like, let me use you. And I'm like, you know, I didn't know until I was going through this, but one of the first things that happened, God prepares you for the place you're going to. God prepares you for the place you're going to. And what he did was he gave me a book through um, an employee of mine just before I got terminated. And the book is called Hind's Feet on High Places, H-I-N-D-S. Mm-hmm. Hind's Feet on High Places, and it's written by Hannah Herner. She was a missionary, and, um, you know, when you get into a place of isolation where it's just you can get some things, you can get some revelations, and this lady absolutely wrote down a message from the Lord for those who are in transition to tell mm-hmm. us what the purpose is of the valley and to tell us what the purpose is of the mountaintop. A lot of times we think that we're in the valley to go to the mountaintop, but God showed me that you're in the valley to go to the mountaintop to choose to come back down to the valley to lift up others. It's not just about you getting out. It's about you learning how the process works so that you can help other people get out. And I didn't know that I was going to be talking to you today. This right here is full circle for me. I can go through all of this and that I can get this revelation and that God can bring me to a place that I can meet you, side, and then also be in a place where I can speak to others and encourage them mm-hmm. and tell them 
journey that they're going through. I mean, all things come to pass. All things come to pass. This thing ain't it's not going to last forever, like you were saying about people who commit yep. suicide. You know, that's a permanent solution to a temporary thing. Yep. So, so, um, so anyway, I encourage you to get that book, Hind's Feet on High Places. You will absolutely see yourself on the path where you're standing and know what's ahead of you and get the, get the instructions to get through it. So I encourage you to do that. The other thing is that, that it, okay. The other thing is that it humbles you. You know, it, it, it brought me to a place where I was just so broken. I mean, I, I I used to stand strong and feel like I was doing something with my life that I was somebody. But and and by doing that, that pride came on me, and I started devaluing my mm-hmm. wife, my children, everything around me, my family, my friends. And even though I was, it wasn't something that I was directly saying to them. It was coming out through my actions. Mm-hmm. When I when I got through this, you know, when when this unemployment thing hit me, it made me start seeing the value of my wife. Yeah. This woman, I mean, a beautiful Christian woman, strong, and she may not know how strong she is. Most people don't. But when we went through this, she's working harder, picking up extra hours, still coming home cooking, still loving her husband and giving him love, still making him feel strong, loving her kids. She held it down, you know what I'm saying? And so that made mm-hmm. me feel like I got one of the most powerful women on the planet, and God blessed me with her. And then the second thing was it made me start seeing the value in my children. I started spending more time with them and actually listening to them, wow. which is different, different for most parents because they hear them, but they don't listen. Why? Because right. they don't see their value. And you let one of them get sick or missing, they're going to start valuing their child. It shouldn't happen like that, but... These times come to help you value everything around you, your friends, even perfect strangers. I started reaching out to people that I didn't even know just because yeah. I wanted to give. It brought me to a place that Thanksgiving brought me to a place where I wanted to give a part of me away just because I wanted to be a blessing to somebody, to give myself wow. value. And by giving, I started realizing that, hey, I'm working. It's like I was giving my way out of this crisis. And you learn that what you have is not. Is sometimes it's not just for you. The things that are oh, sitting yeah. in your house, see, Sometimes those things are sitting there because they're for somebody else and you've been holding yep. on to it. So you got to release those things that are around you in your garage or, or in your house. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. When they took my car, I knew that God was going to do something for me. Now, let me tell you what he did for me. Wow. I go to, go to a men's Bible study, and um, the guy sent out a weekly prayer request, and I shot a, um, a request back, and I said, you know, I really need a car, and if anybody got one, you know, just laying around, let me know. A man that I don't even know. This, this, uh, he's a white gentleman. He's about probably 65 years old. Invited my wife and I over his house. Mm-hmm. Gave us the keys to his car. <gasps> said, use it as unto the Lord. What? Yeah, I don't even know the man. We got the car oh right here in my highway. So, I mean, it was a blessing. And, and, you know, I have a Taurus that was sitting in my garage and I'm getting repaired. And he was like, use this car as unto the Lord. And when you get your car repaired, just bring it back. Oh, my Lord. The favor of God. Yeah. The favor of God are on those who know that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Wow. Don't think that you're alone. If you think you're alone, I, I encourage you. If you're looking for a job, J-O-B, then go to the Bible and read about Job, J-O-B. Yep. <laughs> I love it. That, I love that. As you read about Job, you'll come to understand something about him that, that will totally transform you the way you think about life because my daughter and I, my daughter is 10 years old. My daughter and I are sitting there reading the Bible together. Now, that's not going to happen, you know, on a typical day for most people who call themselves Christians because they're too busy to read the Bible by themselves more right. than children. But I'm going to tell you something. God caused it to happen. My, my daughter and I were sitting there and we're reading the Bible and we're reading about Job, the first chapter of Job. I encourage you to read it with your children get some revelation. But it talks about that Satan comes, all angels come before God to give an account for where they've been and what they're doing. And God picked Job for this trial that he went through. And in it, one thing that God said is that the verse 22 of chapter 1 says, and all that happened to Job, I'm talking about he lost his camels, his donkeys, mm-hmm. he lost his servants, all seven of his children died, the houses got burned down, I mean, got broke down, everything happened all in one day to Job. Okay? Now, he lost his his family and everything, and in verse 22, it says, in all of this, all that happened to Job, Job did not sin by blaming God. And that's the thing I think God is trying to bring us to, is to realize that no matter what happens to you, know that I got you, like Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get thrown into the fire of, of this the, this uh, trial and tribulation, 
get in there and start dancing because you know why? Jesus is still there with you. Rejoice with him. He's there with you. And the people who do you in going to look at you. Them people who let me go, so I'm going to tell you right now, they don't know what in the world did God do. God took me yeah. like God took me like Joseph and threw me into a prison and had them go, well, he ain't going to be nobody no more. Had me falsely accused of things I didn't even do. God, wow. in, in this prison where I've been in my house, I've been a good steward. I've been doing his will. And now he done promoted me up, and I'm at Fox 50 Television making it happen. I mean, them people right there was waiting for me to come in there. I'm wow. telling you, they had all these ideas. This vacation gave me a refreshing. I came there focused. And in my first week, I made a sale with one of the largest corporations here in Raleigh, um, the Research Triangle Park area. It's called Creek Corporation. And and they're like, nobody's ever made a sale first week. That's God's favor. Wow. That's what he does. So I just want to encourage you to know that all all that you're going through is in preparation for the journey ahead. Everything that you're going through is in preparation for the journey ahead. Don't think it's not. It's like boot camp. And you need to wake up every day knowing you got to work it out in the spirit, in the flesh, and in and mentally and allow it to work you out. And you need to allow this time in your life to purge out of you the things that might disqualify you in the next season of your life. Don't hold on to selfishness. Don't hold on to bitterness. Don't hold on to doubt. These are the times where you got to cling to your faith. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God or you don't believe in God, you're going to need to right now. This is the only thing you got. That's all you got. Why? Because man is going to fail you. People mm-hmm. will make you promises, and they're going to break them. But I'm, t- I'm here to testify that God is real, that God loves you, and that God can change your life if you seek him. And if you seek him first, he's going to give you all that he has in store for you. So just be encouraged and be strong. And, so I don't mind. You can give him my phone number. If you don't mind, I'll give it out, 919-306-1496, 919-306-1496. If you get down and out, call Brother Steve. Just oh, be like, you are so know me, sweet. Know me, but look, I'm hurting right now. I'm hurting. This is what's happening. Hey, if I can help you, I'll help you. If not, I'll reach out to somebody else. And I'll call. Matter of fact, I met a brother on. <laughs> I met a brother on Facebook in Australia, and he he knows somebody. He loves this ministry that comes on here in North Carolina. And I told him, I said, I'm gonna contact that pastor so that pastor can talk to you in Australia. It blew his wow. mind. Stop contacting him. So I'm just telling you, just, you know, just be encouraged and just know that this thing will come to pass and the best is yet to come. Just have faith. That I, I can't thank you enough. My heart is so full right now because this lesson today is really on helping people mentally work their way through unemployment. And you know, and I, and I said it at the top of today's lesson, everybody doesn't have the same faith. Everybody can't say I'm a Christian. Some people that I deal with may be atheists, but you know something? At the end of the day, I'm reading a book now called When God Winks. At the end of the day, there's going to be some things that happen to your life in your life that you can't blow off to anything but God. You just can't. You can try to negotiate your way. You can try to figure out your way. You can try to, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's going to be explicable, and it's the only thing you can attribute it to is to God's hand in your life. And you know something? God will have. God is involved with people who are saved and unsaved, filled with the Holy Ghost and not, because He has to have a way to make you realize that His presence is there. And just your testimony, just you sharing the information that you have shared, I'm sure this is what people can do to really mentally work their way through unemployment. You have touched me just to share with people that there is hope. A lot of people, Mr. Walker, don't even have hope anymore. They've just given up. They've just said enough is enough. One thing we've got to hold on to is hope because without that, we lose it all. Well, thank you so much. May I may I give your number one more time to my listeners? Sure. It's 919-306-1496. And it, that is the number for Mr. Stephen Walker, who will help you if you're really at that low point. He has a men's ministry in Raleigh, North Carolina, that can help you really work through your challenges right now. As we start to wind down today's lesson, 
I, I, I need to share with you that I am available as well. I'm available to help you work through this difficult time in your life, and I welcome the opportunity to be your friend and your advocate. Just to share, for those of you that do have access to the Internet, my website is impactcoaching.info. That's I-M-P-A-C-T, the little dash sign. It's called a hyphen, coaching.info. And really the whole premise behind working through impact and me having impact is really just to work with you on developing your own ways and your own solutions to your problem. I don't give you the right answer, but it's a process, and it, and it evolves differently with each person. Most coaches like myself, we talk over the phone, we make an appointment, and we talk at our appointed time. But you know something? I, I facilitate lessons such as this in real time, and I also save them so they can be listened to at a later date. But you know what? Our goal with everything that we do and the people that I deal with, Mr. Walker is, is somebody that I know. These are the types of people that I have in my life to keep me encouraged so I can be a blessing to others and encourage, every, and, and encourage people around me. Just know that coaching is not for celebrities and athletes or CEOs or entrepreneurs. It's for anyone who wants to be happier, have less stress, and really get ahead in life. So I welcome the opportunity to connect with you as well. And you know something? I don't offer any guarantees. That's something I don't do. I can't guarantee your personal success because you're responsible for that. But you know something? I'm confident that I can help you make progress towards reaching your goals more quickly and efficiently. How far you go is totally, totally, totally up to you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to today's lesson. And I never conclude a lesson without giving a final thought. But before I do, I do see we have a caller from area code 919. Caller, do you have a question or a comment from 919-781? I see uh, your hand is raised. Yeah, peace and blessings, Queen. Uh, this is Dr. Aish from the International Academy of Psychology. Good morning. Good morning. Can you um, speak up a little bit? I can't hear you very well. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you with us today. How can we help you? Uh, well, um, I'm enjoying uh, your your show. Uh, Thank you. So uh, I commend you for what you're doing. Thank you. And I agree with you 100% with what I, what I heard from you. Thank you very much. Your support is so uh, greatly appreciated. And you know something? I firmly believe that everybody has different places they can be, so the time that you spend with me and my guests and other listeners is greatly appreciated. So thank you so much for the time that you've trusted me with and you thought it not robbery to join us today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Always remember, everyone, <clears throat> that we shall pass through this world but once. Any kindness that we can show or any kindness that we can give to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you so much for your time today. Make today the best day ever. And always remember, may the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts always be acceptable in his sight. Have a great day.